Welcome one and all to another edition of the Mind of Little Rage. We are starting off season six and we really did a great job of ending season five with an absolute bang. And if you have not gone and checked out Little Rage Radio volume 10 from this weekend, please, I highly recommend that you go and check that out. So for season six, I um, I think we need to make a, a few changes. And I went back and started re-listening to the episodes, the subject-based episodes that I've done in the past. And when I listen back to them, I'm just like, wow, there's, there's no emotion, there's non, no spontaneity or anything like that when it comes to the delivery. And I had to realize that it's because I would write out a complete script, whether that was 10 pages or 20 pages. And when I'm reading from it, it loses that spontaneity and it just, it, it sounds almost contrived. And it's not like I didn't mean everything I said in those, but when you just have the thoughts come to your head and, and, and do it naturally, I think you get a better program. So what we're going to do is instead of me writing out a script, I'm just going to list some bullet points to keep me on track. And hopefully this will be a better presentation of the show. After hearing this, if you think it's better the other way, let me know if you think it's better this way. I'm open to that as well. We're trying something a little bit different on this program, but you know, we've got to find ways to uh, to make the show better. And speaking of that, this particular episode is going to be uh, controversial, I think, uh, especially after what I have been able to find and the thought process that I used in preparation for this this episode and I'm somewhat fearful that I'm going to make some enemies I'm going to upset some people it, it is not my intention it is my logical answer to the question that was presented to me and that question is is it possible to still be original that's an interesting question it was something that as I got closer and closer to doing this particular episode on this particular question I got I don't want to say fearful but maybe apprehensive about it and you know it's just something that I'm gonna have to bite the bullet and and just do it because it's something that that you requested so I hope I don't make any enemies. I hope I don't upset anybody. And, and I hope that you can can open your mind as much as I really do not like saying that term. But if, if, you, just, if you just listen to what I have to say, maybe I have some valid points. You may, be, you may think I'm full of shit. But, you know, it is what it is. And, and um, we can discuss it, certainly. And I am open to that. So... With the question, is it possible to be totally original, we have to look at the definition of the term original. And when I looked at this the other day, there are mm, 12 of these 
definitions under one word. And I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. This is going to be this is going to be fun. But for right now, we're going to look at definitions one through three. And the the first definition under original is belonging or pertaining to the origin or beginning of something or to a thing at its beginning. And the second definition is new, fresh, innovative, novel. And there's a word I want you to remember because it's going to come up again later on in the program. And the third thing is arising or proceeding independently of anything else. Okay, so I think we've got a pretty good foundation to base this subject, this topic on. And the more I researched into originality in in music as a whole, and of course more specifically hard rock and heavy metal, something kept going off in the back of my mind, and that was that the term original, especially as it pertains to music, has become subjective. And it could be because there's 12 fucking definitions for one word. But we have to look at hard rock and metal. And what we're going to do is, this is something that I have stated pretty much from the beginning of this the, this whole project, this whole Mind of Little Rage project, this program, is that metal, rock, pop, country, uh, modern gospel, any of those musical genres really sprang from one of three musical genres originally. And that is the blues, jazz, and classical music. And as I looked further into this this subject and to this question, and, and guys, I'm telling you, this gave me headaches. This gave me heartburn because I went in with one frame of mind. And as I continued this journey, things changed. And it was kind of hard for me to, to accept. But eventually, I, I kind of had to. So... In, in terms of American music, the last true original forms of American music are jazz and the blues. And even blues has its origins in, in African tribal chant songs. But as it pertains to America and our music scene, the blues is, is an original creation. Jazz as well. And... We have to understand that fact, and, and it doesn't matter if a band is progressive, if they're, if they're death metal or black metal or uh, thrash metal or hard rock or any of the damn near countless genres, which I think is ridiculous in the first place. I don't know how many ways we have to define a band as metal, it comes it becomes convoluted and i think actually leads to the the confusion when it comes to being original 
So the natural progression from blues to this current point, how did we get to where metal existed? Well, it, it's not that hard if you just if you just kind of think about it a little bit. And it was something that I had to do, even though I've been preaching this for the better part of a year. The thing that we have to understand is that, okay, we started off with guys like Sunhouse and Robert Johnson and... it. It went from them to B.B. King to to Albert Johnson. Then we've got Jimi Hendrix. And eventually, you know, we've got guys like Joe Bonamassa, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Eric Clapton. And they're still very much true to the blues. But something happened and it took a more rock and roll feel to it, even though that blues type of feel that foundation was still there so we had bill haley and the comets we had elvis presley we had the beatles and then it it changed again it morphed again and now we have then are then we have led zeppelin and we have black sabbath and you had bands like cream and iron butterfly and blue cheer mc5 and it just continued on. It went to Alice Cooper, and it went to uh, Pentagram, and it went to Venom, and it went to Metallica and Megadeth and Testament, and all of the all of the bands that we are m- really more familiar with, especially in modern times. These these and a lot of these bands are labeled as original. And the same thing could be said about jazz. Jazz, I believe, plays an important role in progressive music. Jazz had the the different scales and the, and the odd time signatures and, and tempo changes out of nowhere. And it's, it's amazing. You know, both the blues and, and jazz are amazing genres of music. There's so much to learn even now from those blues and jazz masters of the past. But we've gotten to this point because there was a natural progression from blues and jazz and even classical to the metal and hard rock that we listen today. So in preparation for this episode, I went on online and just typed in a simple query, and that was most original metal bands. And I came across this top, the, the top tens, I believe is what it is the, uh, the website name. And it, and it basically says top 10 most original metal bands of all time. So I'm scrolling through this and, you know, I'm just looking and looking and I get to number 10 and it says, show me more. And it keeps going, and it keeps going, and it. I finally stopped at 25. Stopped at 25. So that's where we're going to start with this list. I'm not going to do all 25 of them. But of this list, the 25th most influential band was fa- or is Faith No More, according to this list. Okay, Really? And the more I looked into this, I thought, really, is is Faith No More that truly innovative? Are, are they that original? Hmm. Interesting. 
So scroll up just a little bit more, and, and here's what got me. Number 24 was Lincoln Park. And I, I will go on record as to say that I have found uh, absolutely zero innovative or original about Lincoln Park. I've said it before on this program. Uh, their music does not appeal to me in any way, shape, form, or fashion. At the same time, I'm not going to uh, diss them. I'm not going to disrespect them. I'm not. That's that's not my uh, that's not my lot in life. I'm not going to sit here and disrespect a band because I don't resonate or they don't resonate with me or I don't I don't uh, I don't have that connection. I don't have that allegiance. And, you know, it, it is what it is. So we continue to go up, and it's got bands like Death and Slipknot and Ghost, uh, At the Gates, uh, Halloween, Rainbow, Celtic Frost, uh, Voivod, Slayer, Sepultura, System of a Down, and, and the list goes on and on and on and on. So... I'm like, okay, so let's look at the top five. This, and this is, this is kind of where we get to the nitty-gritty. Number five is Dream Theater. I love Dream Theater. But at the end of the day, are they really original? No. Deep Purple, number four. Huh. Influential as hell. Original? I don't know about that. Number three, Meshuggah. On the surface, there seems to be some type of argument or case that they are original. I mean, they're they're often credited with the popularity and, and influx of gent into the metal spectrum. Black Sabbath. Oh, here we go. This is number two on the list. Black Sabbath. Number two most original metal band of all time. That one was hard for me to swallow on a couple of... Uh, for a couple of reasons, but we'll get into that. And I, I'm just, I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to think about who you think was listed as the number one most original metal band of all time. And I'll give you a couple of seconds for that. You got your answer? According to this list... The most original metal band of all time is Tool. Tool. <laughs> I, I had to laugh. Don't get me wrong. I love Tool. They are as talented as anybody else in the hard rock and heavy metal genres. Original though? I don't know. And I also posed the question on social media, give me your top five most original bands. And I, I got a few, I got a few um, responses from that. And there, there seems to be a little bit of a, a recurring, uh, recurring mentions. Um, Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, Anthrax, Slayer, Metallica, ACDC, Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses, Fear Factory, Pantera, Gojira, Caius. And honestly, and there were some bands that that one individual put on here, and I'm, I've, I've never heard of 
they they listed five of I haven't heard of four of these bands and I went and listened to them and with this mindset that I've kind of developed while researching this this subject I got about a minute into each song and was like nope what's original about this what is original about this so we've got this list right got list from this top tens website and i've got some input from you the listener there's a definition within the multitude of original definitions according to dictionary.com for me when i read this this was the this was the killer this is the this is the definition that killed everything when it came to originality in music and I'm, I'm not talking just hard rock and heavy metal. I'm talking about all forms of music. And that definition is a primary form or type from which varieties are derived. When I read that, it immediately killed what I was thinking. I mean, think about it. How many times have you been in a grocery store or, or been watching TV and there's a product, and this product has been on the shelves. It has been widely available for decades. I can remember as a kid watching Tom and Jerry as a five-year-old, and a Tide commercial would come on. So I know for a fact that since 1978, Tide has existed as a laundry detergent. Turn on the TV anytime in the past 30 years, and you may see Tide new and improved. Well, wait a minute. How can it be new? Tide has been around for as long as I can remember, at least since I was five years old. How in the hell is that new? Improved? Okay, I'll give you that, but it damn sure isn't new. It's a marketing ploy. And I believe with that mindset, with that example we can say that somebody who comes out and says, oh, this band is totally original, we have to, or, or I will probably from this point on, go uh, prove me wrong because I don't think there is such thing as totally original anymore. And it's not that we have run out of ideas. It's that we have, we're limited in what we can do, at least right now. Give us another 10 or 15 years, there may be some changes that come along that, that make it possible to be original again. But right now, and, and I, I'm, I'm saying that kind of tongue-in-cheek, because the further we go down this rabbit hole, the, the, the more I think some of you, and some of you are going to get, you, you may get mad at me, you may get pissed at me, you may stop listening to the program. And I, I, I hope that you wouldn't, but that's you. I mean, it's a decision you have to make. And all I can do is pro provide the best show that I can. So going off of that, a primary form or type from which uh, varieties are derived. Varieties. Okay. So in currently in... In metal, and and I quit counting. I quit looking at it. Uh, it's it's gotten so 
out of hand that we have so many subgenres of metal that the subgenres have subgenres. And then those subgenres have more subgenres. How many ways do we have to come up with to describe a band? Why can't we just be metal or have just like maybe three or four subgenres and they fall underneath that? Me, personally, I think it's uh, it's kind of an elitist attitude, which I think is detrimental to music as a whole. But that's that's just my thought. So with that... There was a word that I wanted you to remember in the second definition of original that I gave a few minutes ago. That word is innovative. You know what's great about this word, according to the dictionary? It has one definition. It's set. It's concrete. I kind of like that. According to dictionary.com, innovative means tending to innovate or introduce something new or different, characterized by innovation. Okay, so this is where we really get into the meat of the subject. With the blues, and with jazz, and, and with classical. Even, even those, classical, you know, jazz, blues... Even now, it's hard for me to say that they are 100% original. I mean, really, is music original? Music as we know it today, original? I mean, because music really started with a cappella voice singing. And then instruments were added. We had lute and, and flutes and harps and and horns and trumpets and all kinds of instruments and as as we as we grew in our knowledge and our technological advances we came up with new instruments you know many of those were based off of classical instruments like the bass guitar is basically based off of the upright bass that a lot of musicians used back in the day you know we've got the electric guitar that was born from the the lute that led to the acoustic guitar that, you know, with the, you know, the dreadnought acoustic guitar, we, we added pickups to it. You know, there's been innovations and, and advances in technology that allow us to produce a sound from an electric guitar. We can have that clean sound. We can have the fuzzy sound. We can have the overdrive and chorus and echo and reverb and all of this great stuff. But the only origin, I mean, if we want to get completely, completely fucking technical about this, the only true original music comes from way back in the day, before America as we know it existed, before many of the countries in Europe existed. And I know for some of you that it might be a little bit of a hard pill to swallow, but when you look at what's been presented, what history has told us, that's where it comes from. 3300 B.C., the birth of music with instrumental accompaniment. And I stated earlier that, um, that in America, jazz and blues are the last real original music. But even with jazz, it has its roots back to 
African chant songs and African work songs. In America, it started in the plantations of the 1800s. So we're talking mid to late 1800s when blues started to take form. So we have bands that are credited with creating something new. Black Sabbath, widely create, widely heralded as creating heavy metal, as being the 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 godfathers, if you will, of heavy metal. Okay, without Sunhouse, Robert Johnson, BB King, all those blues artists that came before Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath would not exist. Black Sabbath started out as a blues band. They went by the name Earth. They just took it to a different place. They took it to a darker place. And blues, by many accounts, is a is a fairly dark-themed style of music. So were Black Sabbath truly original? That's a question we're going to attempt to answer throughout this episode. And when the question is asked... 90% of you will say, yeah, Black Sabbath is, they're the guys. They're the ones who created heavy metal. Some would say it was Iron Butterfly. Some would say it was Blue Cheer. Some would even go so far as to say it was the MC5. Do you see where I'm coming from with the subjectivity of original? It's because we have varying ideas of what original is. Again, mostly due to there being 12 fucking definitions for one word. It takes the objectivity out of what original is supposed to mean. So let's let's talk about another band that has been heralded as original, as Rage Against the Machine. And I talked about them in the Politics in Metal episode. Now, musically speaking, the guitar style, the, the playing of Tom Morello... Nobody has played a guitar, at least to my knowledge, like Tom Morello does. He, if you had, you were blindfolded and you had no idea of Rage Against the Machine and I played a Tom Morello solo, you may think that it's a guy standing behind a turntable and, sh and doing the, the scratching of the records and, and whatever that's called. Nobody plays like that. So I could say, I mean, I could say with, with pretty good confidence that Tom Morello's guitar playing is original, but the band as a whole, the whole presentation and everything like that are Rage Against the Machine original. That is from, in my book, that is a definitive no, because before probably before the members of Rage Against the Machine were even born or even a glimmer in their daddy's eye, there was a band called the MC5. The MC5 was hyper-political. Their lyrics were full of left-wing political viewpoints and rhetoric. So Rage Against the Machine is doing nothing new. MC5 did it way before they did. And... Is a band like Led Zeppelin, were they original? Well, no, no. Many of their songs were written by blues masters of the, the 1920s, 1930s. They just put their spin on it. They put the Led Zeppelin treatment to the song, made it sound heavier, maybe changed the time signature or 
change the lyrics ever so slightly, does that make Led Zeppelin original? No. Innovative, but not original. And I apologize for the trash collector is here and emptying out the dumpster. I'll try to... <laughs> um, this is one of the things that I have to deal with in this uh, apartment that uh, has paper-thin freaking walls and everything, but we'll, we'll continue on. These bands that we put on this pedestal that we have allegiances to, they come out with a fresh sound. They come out with something that we haven't heard, but it's not something that hasn't been done before. Music goes in cycles, and, and I think we can really see that because in the 80s, we had bands that came to prominence in the 80s, and, and then it kind of, those, those hard rock and heavy metal bands you know, the glam bands and the hair bands and all of that other stuff, the thrash bands, they started to come to prominence. They started making waves in the mainstream. People started paying attention. And then hair metal died. And here comes grunge. So for the next 10 years or so, grunge and post-grunge, and that alternative sound, what they called alternative rock or alternative metal, came to the forefront. And then it eventually waned in popularity. Then we had new metal come into the picture. Then we had, that, that lasted for about five or six years. And it started to wane in popularity. And now the spectrum is everywhere. There are, there are fans that are, that are diehard Black metal fans or diehard extreme metal fans or diehard, even diehard hair metal fans. And what's funny is we have, for instance, what killed, what killed hair metal? What killed glam metal? Glam metal was something that was seen as fresh. It wasn't original. None of it was original. The, the, the androgyny and the, the makeup and, and all this other stuff, other bands were doing it. Before hair metal came onto the scene, Kiss, with, with the full face makeup, having the alter egos, the presentation on stage, that was innovative, it wasn't original, but even before, you had, you had artists that used face paint, and face paint really isn't something original, especially when you want to create a, an alter ego, and, and maybe be able to walk down New York City and not be noticed. You know, be able to go into a, a pizza parlor or, or go to the grocery store and people will go, Oh my God, it's Gene Simmons. Uh. We really didn't know what Gene Simmons looked like underneath that face paint. And their sound was certainly nothing original. It was based, it was based in the blues. And they'll tell you that. It was fresh and it was innovative, but that it wasn't, it wasn't original. So now that leads us up going from Kiss, we got the, the glam bands. You know, they, they did, you know, a lot of them wanted to look like girls. Poison, the first one. The first one that comes to mind. There's, there was nothing really innovate or really, yeah, innovative or original about their sound. And everybody was like, oh, wow, Poison, man, they're original. They're, no, they're not. They took what the New York Dolls were doing in the mid to late 70s. Twisted Sister was doing in the mid to late 70s and just prettied it up. The androgyny, the androgynous look, Prince was doing that. New York Dolls were doing that. 
David Bowie was doing that. Now, fast forward to today, we've got the bands that wear masks. Mushroom Head and, and Slipknot. Slipknot came out, oh, this is, this is original. No, it's not. It's just taking what Kiss did and took it to the next logical step. We're not going to wear makeup, but we can wear masks. And I'm not a fan of Slipknot. Never have been a fan. Probably never will be a fan of Slipknot. I, I don't get them. They don't resonate with me. And they're not original in sound or aesthetically. Innovative, sure. Original, no. The the corpse paint of black metal, you're going to tell me that that's original? Um, Kiss was kind of doing it before. It was more, maybe more intricate, more refined in its presentation, but essentially that was corpse paint. Black metal took what Kiss was doing and said, we're going to put a more sinister look to it. Maybe it's not going to be as pretty. It's going to be more ugly, more scary. It's not, it's, it's not original. It's an innovation, maybe. It's not original. And going back to this number one most original band of all time, Tool. And don't get me wrong, I love Tool. But when you really listen to Tool and then you listen to Peter Gabriel era Genesis or King Crimson... They were doing that shit back then in the 60s and 70s. Tool just took it to a, another step. They took it to that next logical step. Let's make it heavier. Let's make it darker. When I look at Maynard, I'm sitting there going, wow, that's the new, that's, that's Peter Gabriel. Different, but I see Peter, the Peter Gabriel influence. Go and if you and if you didn't, if you doubt me, go and look at some old Genesis videos with Peter, with Peter Gabriel. He was doing some crazy shit on stage, very similar to what Maynard is doing with Tool. And I, I said earlier also that in doing research for this, I I had to swallow a very hard pill. This it was huge. It was hard to swallow. Because when I originally saw this question posed to me, I was like, bam, one band stuck out in my head. And that band is the Omnific. I've never seen a, a band that consists of a drummer and two bassists. And then I started looking back. Is there a, has there been a band with two bassists in it on a regular basis as part of the presentation and the recording process? Yeah, there was. It's called Ned's Atomic Dustbin. And I tried, God, I tried to justify the originality of the Omnific. And as much as I didn't want to admit it, I had to say they're not original. They are just extremely innovative. So what does it boil down to? What it boils down to is, is bands need to focus, at least in my opinion, bands need to focus less on being original and writing good songs. Because that originality, the, the shelf life of that originality, is it's going to expire. It's not something that refreshes every time you put out a new album just because you sound original. 
what's going to connect with the listener is writing good songs. And it takes me, makes me think back to this weekend in preparation for volume 10 of Little Rage Radio. There is, you have to understand that there is a, there is such a feeling of pride and being proud of every, every band I've been able to be in contact with, every band that I have featured either on the radio format or the, the interview shows that I've done and be able to feature their music. I've got to meet so many great individuals, so many talented individuals, interesting people. So when I come up, when I'm building this particular episode of Little Rage Radio, there's this overwhelming sense of pride in you, the bands, the 40 bands that were on this program, and the pride goes to the other bands that were not on this program that I have been blessed to talk to and get to know over the past year. But writing that that great song, that good song that that hits you, it, it hits you in the feels, it, 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 it elicits an emotional reaction. And there was one particular song out of those 40 that hit me emotionally. Now, I'm not saying it made me cry or, or anything like that, but I felt something when I listened to it. And this band knows who they are. Because after I released the program, I, I contacted them and said, I have been listening to this song on a continuous loop for the past hour. It's when you write the song, you do not need to sound or have this original presentation. What needs to happen is you need to write the best song that, you, that you're able to. That's what's going to connect with the listening audience. Staying true to yourself, not trying to be a a tribute band to Tool or Black Sabbath or Led Zeppelin or Metallica or Slayer or Immortal or anybody else. It's about writing good songs. It's about writing that song that's going to reach out to that individual and hit them in their soul or hit them in their mind or hit them in their heart. That's what you should strive for. Originality is secondary if if not tertiary and i'm all about innovation and look this just does this isn't just about hard rock and metal this the edm and the the house and trance and all that other stuff it has its origins in funk and disco and and sith pop in the 80s it's an innovation it's not original and we don't need to have the mindset that if we're not original, if we're not, if we don't have an original presentation, if we don't have an original sound, we're going to be lost in the shuffle. No, if you write good songs that, and you're not going to appeal to everybody, that is impossible. Very few, or damn near impossible. Very few bands have actually appealed to everyone. You're not going to be, you're not going to be the favorite band of every individual teenager to 80 year old man and woman and child on the face of the earth it's not possible but when you write a good song it hits with you it sticks with you it sticks with the listener and not a don't write a good song or don't try to write a song 
for the audience. Write the song for you. If it's a song that you feel you have put 100% effort into, you have put everything you have into that song, and it's it means something to you, then it is good. And it will resonate with people. Because we all know those bands that have phoned it in because it's their last album on a really shitty record deal. Or they're just, they've lost the fire. It's not fun anymore. There's so much infighting inside the band that they said, you know what, we got 10 songs. Let's, let's fucking record them. I don't give a shit. Just release the album so we can get, so we can break up or we can get out of this record deal or what have you. A lot of bands have been, have done that. They're, they, they don't, they just, they, they don't care. But writing that good song, putting everything you have into it, means so much more than being totally original. Originality has become a subjective term. It's not objective anymore. So why are we focusing on something that is subjective? That can be interpreted 12 different fucking ways. Originality is not important. Innovation to a point is important. But the most important thing is writing the writing the good songs. Writing the song that when no matter what is going on in your life and so, and the shit hits the fan and you come home and you you put your Spotify playlist on or you have your 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 favorite CD or your favorite vinyl or you've got all your songs that you listen to on your computer and you hit shuffle and it goes and then that one song hits for instance lost my job shit was hitting the fan and one song hit me it was bring the cool from so high and this was this was months ago I listened to that song on, on a continuous loop for at least an hour and a half, maybe longer. It just, it made me feel better. I could release that tension, that stress, and go, ugh. And just be me for a couple of hours. But it was the song that did it. It was the song that helped me release that because... It was a good song. I could tell they put everything they had into the song. They had fun with the song. And it resonated with me. And I reached out to the band and said, Guys, I have had the shittiest week. This is, Everything's falling to shit. But your song put a smile on my face. It, it, it helped me. That's the most important thing. It's not about being original. You write that good song, it's going to connect with someone. Don't worry about being original. And in your mind, you can, you are totally free to think that or believe that your favorite band is original, is original in any form. I'm not trying to tell you how to think. And I know it doesn't really answer the question, or maybe it does in a, in a way, but why are we focused on being Original instead of just writing great songs. Be innovative. Be as innovative as you want. That's part of what music is about. It's that outward expression. It's a part of you. If you want to bring, I don't know, uh, a, a, a new form of music, if you want to bring Afro-Cuban rhythms into your, into your presentation of your music, by God, try it, do it, see how it feels. 
If you like it, release it. Record it and let it go. See how it goes. See what the reaction is. But at the end of the day, that's your song. And the only person you have to satisfy is yourself. You don't have to satisfy me. You don't have to satisfy Joe Blow down the street. And I'm not going to look at a band and say they're a Led Zeppelin ripoff. Kingdom Come, back in the 80s, was just lambasted because they everybody was saying, well, they're a, they're a Led Zeppelin ripoff. Greta Van Fleet has been, more recently, has been met with that, that attack. Do they sound like Zeppelin? Yeah, sure, in a lot of places, both bands. But I, I'm a fan of, of, of a few songs of Kingdom Come, from Kingdom Come. And I don't care. To me, if it resonates with me, I don't give a shit. I, I, I see less of the similarities between Kingdom Come and Led Zeppelin than I do with Greta Van Fleet and Led Zeppelin. But I'm not going to say they're a clone. I'm not going to disrespect them. So is it possible to be totally original? I think the jury's still out, ultimately. But why are we worried about it? Just write good songs. Write good songs for you. Not write good songs for the masses. Write good songs for you. Because that is your art. That is your emotions. That is your feelings. That is your expression. And that's all that matters. I hope you enjoyed this. If I, if I did make some, some enemies, if I did, did say some things that you disagreed with, Please let me know. Social media, both Facebook and Twitter, are t- at TMOLR. You can send me an email, thelittleragehow at gmail.com. Uh, we're starting off season six in somewhat controversial fashion, I know. But the, the question was asked, and, and I couldn't, I went in with one frame of mind and came out with a totally different frame of mind. But let me know what your thoughts are. In the meantime, please, everyone, stay safe. Stay healthy. Take care of those around you. Take care of yourself. Let's support one another. Let's support local music as best we can during this ongoing global bastard that has decimated economies and livelihoods. Support the bands in your local scene any way that you can. Alike. Buy merch. Follow them on social media. Uh, share their, their YouTube videos. Whatever it may be. Support your local music. Support each other. And we'll get through this and come out stronger than ever on the other side. I hope you enjoyed today's program. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time. This is Little Rage, out.